everybody, and welcome to That Wrestling Show, the podcast where all pro wrestling matters. I'm your host, Bill Yankovi, and this week, gonna have a fun little discussion based off of a video that I watched a couple of days ago, and that is the unlikeliest world champions. I'll give you my top four. If I, if I had a top four of the unlikeliest world champions in pro wrestling history, who would they be? So that's going to be our feature topic this week. But we're going to get into the news first. And uh, the first thing I want to talk about, because I've been keeping a bit of an eye on this as a late, because I, I, I talked about this um, a few weeks ago. Uh, there's going to be, or going to start to work soon in October, a movie based on the Von Erich family called The Iron Claw. Earlier this week, it was announced from Deadline.com that Jeremy Allen White from FX's The Bear has been cast to play Carrie Von Erich. Harry Dickinson, who was recently in Where the Crawl Dads Sing, will be playing David Von Erich and... As I've talked about in the past, Zac Efron will be Kevin Von Erich in the movie. The film will uh, will begin shooting in mid-October, and it is supposed to go all the way through December. Uh, the movie is going to be directed by Sean Durkin, who also, who also wrote the movie. And like I said, I am... Very interested to see how this movie's going to go. I think this could be a pretty good movie considering what the subject is, and the subject being the Von Eriks. I mean, I, I think this is going to be the type of movie that if it reaches out to the the, the broad span of wrestling fans, or not wrestling fans, but movie fans, and they get interested in it, I think, who knows, maybe you get some Von Erich fans coming out after the movie is over. Yeah, I don't really know, but we'll just have to wait and see where that goes. But I am definitely looking forward to that movie when it comes out. Now, speaking of the Von Erichs, I want to bring up uh, Carrie Von Eric, because there has been for months now um, pictures of these action figures of like legends of wrestling, and the pre-orders have started this week. It's I mean, if you haven't seen these, they are unbelievable. It is Carrie Von Eric. Magnum T.A., Stan Hansen, Bruiser Brody, Luthez, and Vern Gagne. That's an incredible lineup of wrestlers to have as a series of action figures. Uh, I wish I had the money to pre-order it, because I definitely would pre-order them. They look absolutely amazing. They are wonderful looking. And... I know they went on pre-sale this week, so hopefully, um, you know, if you listen to this and you want to get a you know want to get these action figures, 
I say get them. Because these action figures look phenomenal. Absolutely phenomenal. So there's been a there's been a bit of controversy a lot the last few weeks in the world of wrestling and and I will talk about the CM Punk situation in a in a moment or two but another one that has come up as of late has been with EC3 and Patrick Clark formerly known as Velveteen Dream so a couple weeks ago there was this whole thing where it was alleged that EC3 had left his phone in the bathroom or something to basically film Velveteen Dream. This is so weird. So you know what? I'm gonna I'm gonna read this um, bit. So. Velveteen Dream, Patrick Clark, he's been released from jail. Um, he took to Instagram to respond to EC3 about how Clark tried to film EC3 in his bathroom several years ago while both were working for NXT. And I'm going to read a little bit of this. I might end up reading the whole thing. It says... Is this thing on? Is this thing on or something? Okay, let me explain something to everybody. First of all, to everyone who has sent their uh, well wishes and their respects and their loves towards me, I just want to say thank you very much because I love you all and I appreciate you all. And the support means the world to me. Okay. And God works in amazing ways. Okay. Let me tell you this. I'm trying to help my old man out on a computer and I just type in WWE, right? Tell me why. The first thing I see is EC3 has talked to the dirt sheets. I guess since I'm on TMZ now, I'm somebody again. EC3 has gone to the dirt sheets saying that uh, if you haven't seen it, he had a party at his house one night. And if I'm to be correct, this was about uh, 2017, 2020, 2010. EC3, I'm not going to tell people who was at this party out of respect for our mutual friends, but one of our mutual friends is a former NXT talent that no longer works for WWE, and the other person is a current Monday Night Raw talent who used to wrestle, was talent for NXT. Okay, Mike, EC3, you go out here after I give you the best match you've ever had in your career. You go out here, and you, and you, D, I'm tired of people throwing dirt on my name. You throw this dirt on my name saying that I tried to record you in your bathroom. Let's be honest, Mike. You're leaving out a lot of details. What were we doing that night, Mike? What type of powder was on the table, Mike? Okay? Okay? Let's be real. So let's not leave out all the details. We were all drunk. You were pissy drunk because you were in your place. You were damned near passed out in the corner. You and your homegirl, whichever chick you were screwing at the time, okay? And the other two people, our mutual friends, were there. I left my phone on your bathroom counter, and because you were not sure of my sexuality at the time, because of the character I played on TV, and because we're not friends in real life at all, okay? 
you try to accuse me of recording you in your own home. So what did I do? I went to our mutual friend who no longer works for the WWE, a former NXT talent, and I showed him my phone and had him go through my photos and videos and recently deleted videos just to prove to you and the other person that there that was there who, because I respect him and he has a job. Okay, I'm not going to put him out there. Okay, I had him prove to you that I was not recording you. Cocaine is a hell of a drug, EC3. Get your... Yeah, get your shit together, and if anyone would like to uh, go to my friends list right now and check out who follows me, because I'm not following him. EC3 is a follower of mine. I would think, I would really think that if you thought that much of me, that you couldn't trust me. You definitely wouldn't be following me on social media. On Instagram, all these years later, EC3, you're pathetic. Now control that narrative, you a-hole. How the hell you turn this shit off? So EC3 then responds, In life, I forgive everyone for everything that has been done to me. I personally have never failed a drug test from any employer nor been arrested for drug usage, paraphernalia, assault, battery, or any inappropriate behavior. My forgiveness includes Patrick Clark for setting up a video recording device in the bathroom of my home. As far as any other accusations and allegations against him, I hope that he finds the help he needs. And that is what EC3 wrote on his Instagram. So it's a very, it's a very messy situation there. Uh, obviously with Patrick Clark getting arrested the last couple of weeks or within the last month. And him almost certain never going back to the WWE again. Um, this is just one of those weird things that I'm not really sure should have been out there. But it's just out there. And there's really no side to favor. Excuse me. There's just really no side to favor. In this entire situation. So hopefully both were able to just let the steam go out. Let their air, you know, whatever animosity they had, just let it out. Just be done. Be over with. Don't get to talk about uh, CMLL very much. But uh, tonight is their anniversary show. It's coming up. And they've got a really interesting um, headline to get to the main event. So they're having a four-team tournament. And it is, and I'm going to make sure I get this right, Atlantis and Forza Guerrero, Averno and Ultimo Guerrero, Atlantis Jr. and Stuka Jr., Soberano Jr. and Dragon Rojo Jr. So, this is how it's going to go. The brackets have not been announced. The teams that win advance in this tournament. The team that wins this tournament main events the show at the end of the night where 
they will put up either their mask or their hair, depending on what they're putting up, in the main event. So, this is going to be kind of an interesting thing because you have, you know, these guys that are feuding against each other and they're kind of in a situation where, okay, if we win, we continue on. And then if we win the whole thing, we're going to end up having to face each other for a third time with our masks or our hair on the line. When I, like, I've heard, you know, in the past, like, it would be like the losers advance in the tournament. Now, according to Dave Meltzer, this show is sold out. It sold out on Wednesday. It is going to be in Mexico, uh, Arena Mexico, down in Mexico City. The last complete sellout for an anniversary show was 2014 for the Atlantis Ultimo Guerrero mask versus mask match. And I remember that match. That was an unbelievable match. That was just an unbelievable match. If you've never seen it, it is worth going out of your way to see. It is a phenomenal match. Please go out of your way to see that match. But someone is either going to lose their hair or someone's going to lose their mask this weekend. And whoever it is, it's going to make news. Depending on who it is, it could be big news or it could be no news at all. Speaking of news, uh, WWE released today in their Best of WWE specials a package on Hispanic Heritage. Celebrating Hispanic Heritage is the name of it. One of the things that is going to possibly intrigue a lot of people into watching this is they have a match from... 1954 in this collection. Roy Shire against Rito Romero from August 26th, 1954. And this is being released officially by the WWE for the first time ever. So this match, which probably has not been seen in almost 70 years now sees the light of day. And this is actually a pretty good compilation here of matches that they've got featuring Hispanic wrestlers. Pedro Morales uh, challenging Ivan Koloff for the WWF title. Mil Mascaris challenging superstar Billy Graham for the WWF title. Tito Santana against Greg Valentine in a steel cage for the Intercontinental title. Rey Mysterio and Conan against La Parca and Psychosis in the ECW arena. Eddie Guerrero winning the WWE title from Brock Lesnar. Carlito against Ric Flair. Rey Mysterio, Kurt Angle, and Randy Orton from WrestleMania 22. Uh, Carlos Colon's induction ceremony for the WWE Hall of Fame. And Rey and Dominic Mysterio against Dolph Ziggler and Bobby Roode. That is the collection right there. And honestly, it looks like a pretty good collection. Like, I might check this out. Especially to see the Roy Shire-Rito Romero match. To see how good they did if they were able to preserve the footage of that match. So it'll be kind of cool to see how it looks. 
Well, uh, WWE has announced today that they are sending one lucky family to Los Angeles for WrestleMania 39. I will read this brief statement. WWE brings families together, WWE superstars, employees, and fans. This Hispanic Heritage Month, WWE celebrates the importance of families and how together we are one universe. This month, WWE fans will have an opportunity to submit a message about what WWE means to their family and who they want to bring together with the ultimate prize of reuniting at WrestleMania 39 in Los Angeles this April. Stay tuned for information on the hashtag WWE Family Reunion Contest. That's actually a pretty cool contest. Um, if you got family that you know you've wanted to get together with, watch WrestleMania with, I say do it. Just go do it. WWE also announced today twenty-five new live events and their dates. Uh, Going to run them down. For everybody, uh, starting with or actually tickets go on sale uh, next Friday, September twenty-third, November eighteenth, SmackDown in Hartford, Connecticut, uh, November twentieth, the Sunday Stunner in State College, Pennsylvania, SmackDown the day after Thanksgiving, Providence, Rhode Island, the Super Show Holiday Tour, November twenty-seventh in Portland, Maine, December second, SmackDown in Buffalo, New York. The third, Rochester, New York. The fourth, Petersburg, Virginia. The fifth, Monday Night Raw in the nation's capital, Washington, D.C. December 9th, SmackDown in Pittsburgh, Pennsylvania. The 10th, Saginaw, Michigan and Wheeling, West Virginia. The 11th, Kalamazoo, Michigan and Charleston, West Virginia. The 12th, Raw in Milwaukee. The 16th, SmackDown in Chicago. The 17th, Moline, Illinois, that's going to be a house show. The 18th, Rochester, Minnesota. The 19th, Raw in Des Moines, Iowa. The 26th, Columbus, Ohio, that's the day after Christmas. The 28th, uh, Cleveland, Ohio and Greensboro, North Carolina. December 29th, Miami, Florida. The 30th, Toronto, Ontario, Canada for a live house show. And SmackDown in Tampa, Florida. And January the 6th, SmackDown in Memphis, Tennessee. Now, something that's interesting here, and I might have to do a little bit of research, is there were no dates for Madison Square Garden for their holiday show. So unless I missed it a while back, they may not be doing any shows in Madison Square Garden this holiday season. Okay, so... Uh, this has been a wild couple of weeks for AEW. That's probably a, an understatement, what I just said. But when there was that fight with Punk and the Bucks and all that, some of the coaches, agents, whatever you, you want to call them, were suspended. And it wasn't really told how long they were going to be suspended. Well, we found out earlier this week that Pat Buck, Christopher Daniels, Michael Nakazawa, and Brandon Cutler were all back at work. 
their suspensions were lifted. So according to reports, all that they were doing was just trying to break up the fight. Uh, there was no... They, they did not get physically involved in the fight. Nothing happened with any of them. They were just there to basically break up the fight. Now, as far as the Bucks and Omega and Punk go and a Steel, we're not really sure yet what the situation is there. Obviously, Punk had to go for surgery. He's out six to eight months. Don't know if he'll ever come back to AEW. No word yet on if Ace Steel still has a job or if he is fired. And no word on what has happened with Omega and the Bucks as far as where their position is going to be in the company. Now, pictures were shown this week of Kenny Omega in Japan with Kota Ibushi, among other things, to help promote the AEW video game for the Tokyo Game Show Festival that is going on in Japan. So, it remains to be seen what the outcome is going to be of this. And AEW's got a big, big week coming up because this Wednesday night, they are back at Arthur Ashe Stadium for Grand Slam 2. Almost all their titles are going to be on the line. Uh, John Moxley and Brian Danielson is the biggie to crown a new AEW World Champion. You have the rematch from All Out with the Acclaimed and Strickland and Lee. You also have a Four Corners match for the interim AEW Women's title. You've got a pretty stacked show for this coming Wednesday night. And this is something that we really should pay attention to. This could be a very historic night. Not only for AEW, but for professional wrestling as well. And let's not forget... A certain gentleman has his chip to possibly cash in for a title shot, and that is MJF. I, I got a feeling he's going to do something big in New York City come Wednesday night. Now, speaking of MJF, in a rare piece, a rare bit of news that doesn't really get talked about, especially with a guy like MJF. He is engaged. Yes, MJF has found love and he proposed to his girlfriend Naomi this week. Uh, congratulations to the both of them. Um, hopefully MJF will not you know, say anything negative about me congratulating them on their upcoming nuptials. So, earlier this week... I watched a video on YouTube, uh, Wrestling with Regret is the channel, Brian Zane. Uh, I, I, I watch his videos time to time when he does the classic pay-per-view reviews. Because I kind of want to see what his thoughts, thoughts are on certain pay-per-views compared to mine. 
So, this week, he came out with a video. A really good video, I thought. His list of the least likely world champions in the history of wrestling. The least likely. I'm not going to spoil um, too much of the video. Who's on the list, who were honorable mentions. But I will say it's a really good list. It's eight guys. So if you haven't seen it, I will put the link up in our Facebook group. And have a discussion on that. To see who people would think could be on that list of the least likely world champions. So, for today, I'm going to do four people. I'm not, I'm not going to do eight because I don't think I really could do eight. So, I'm going to pick four people in no order. I, I'm not ranking them. These are the four people who, if I had to say there's no way this guy could have been, would have been, should have been world champion, heavyweight champion, these would probably be the four go-to guys for me. So, my first pick, and again, this is in no order, Diamond Dallas Page. Yes, Diamond Dallas Page, the master of the diamond cutter, the, the man behind DDP Yoga. If you watch some of his early years, 91, 92, 93, and even into 94, you look at him and, and you're like, there's no way this guy's going to be, could ever be world heavyweight champion. Just never, it, 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 never in a million years. When he won the television title in 1995, it was like, okay, they gave him a belt. They gave Diamond Dallas Page a belt. <laughs> that, that's kind of how I felt when I was 10 and I heard that. It was like, oh, he's champion. And then you go, you know, into 96 and in 97, which is his big boom year. He has that feud with Randy Savage. And the last thing really on your mind is he's going to win a title. You get to Starcade 97 and he beats Kurt Hennig with the diamond cutter to win the United States title. And it's like, wow. Okay, they really believe in this guy. And then he has the match at Halloween Havoc with Goldberg in 98. And you're like, my God, you know. When you watch the match, it's like, my God, this guy, he's going to beat him. He's going to beat Goldberg. And, of course, Goldberg held on to you know to to keep the title but i was like man ddp he almost had it he could have been the champion he just missed out and then you get to spring stampede of 99 and if you don't remember that main event it's a fatal four-way match 
Ric Flair's the champion. You have Hulk Hogan, Sting, and Diamond Dallas Page. So when you look at it, it's like one of these things is not like the other. One of these things just doesn't belong. And I, I would have said, I don't think DDP belongs in this mix, considering you have Ric Flair, Hulk Hogan, and Sting. But when DDP wins the world title off of Flair, it's like, oh my God, he did it. He actually did it. And DDP is one of those guys. He is one of the perfect definitions of overachievers. One of the perfect definitions of an overachiever. Because he started late in pro wrestling as a wrestler. Was fired a couple of times by WCW. And then he ends up winning the world title. And it's like, my God, Diamond Dallas Page actually won the world title. You couldn't believe it. So my second person in this group of four is... Mikey Whipwreck. This is the perfect pick. If you're going ECW, this is the perfect pick. Because when you have guys in 94 and 95, like a Shane Douglas, Terry Funk, Sabu, Two Cold Scorpio, Sandman, Chris Benoit, Dean Malenko, Eddie Guerrero coming around, Cactus Jack. Here's Mikey Whipwreck. Here's probably a 160-pound soaking wet Mikey Whipwreck. And he wins the ECW television title in a fluke. Then he wins the ECW tag team titles with Cactus Jack. But it's the fact that in 1995, he beats the Sandman who, because Shane Douglas isn't there at this point, is unbeatable. Sandman's unbeatable in 1995. But Mikey Whipwreck, he found a way. He found a way to win the ECW title and to Brian Zane's credit, because I kind of forgot about this. Mikey Whipwreck was ECW's first Triple Crown winner. He was the first one to have won all three titles in ECW. And there are not that many people on that list that can say, you know, not, well, there's not that many people, just period, that could say, I won all three titles in ECW. Mikey Whipwreck can not only say he won all three but he can also say he was the first one to do it. My third pick is Eddie Guerrero. Okay, look, the Eddie Guerrero story in itself is unbelievable. Big star in Mexico comes to the United States, wrestles for ECW, gets noticed, Goes to WCW. 
wrestles as a baby face for about two years, close to two years. And then he becomes a bad guy. He becomes this heel. And it just seems like there's like new life on him. Then he goes to WWF. And then we all know the drug situation, the problem that he had. He got fired from the company. Uh, almost lost his family. Almost lost his wife. Almost lost his kids. But he managed to get himself back together. He managed to beat the addictions. Came back to WWE. He wins the tag team titles with Chavo Guerrero. Then he wins the United States title. And it's to me, I'm like, okay, you know, he, he's won these belts. Then there's the Royal Rumble, or I'm, I'm sorry, the SmackDown after the Royal Rumble in 2004. I was at that show. And they're doing this mini Royal Rumble where the winner is the number one contender to Brock Lesnar in the WWE title. And Eddie Guerrero wins the match. So it's like, okay, Eddie's going to face Brock. And what you didn't see on SmackDown was he cut a quick post-match promo where basically he was saying, I'm going to kick Brock Lesnar's ass. And the fans were cheering. And I'm like, all right, I don't believe you can do it, but good luck, you know. And then, you know, you get to the No Way Out pay-per-view and they have the match. It's a really good match. And what people kind of forget about with that match is that Goldberg interfered in that match. He speared Brock Lesnar towards the end of the match. But Eddie hits the frog splash, gets the three count, wins the title. The whole arena goes absolutely bonkers for Eddie finally winning the big one. Finally winning the WWE title. And he goes on to be a pretty darn good champion. I mean, the match he has with Kurt Angle at WrestleMania 20 is one of my favorite championship matches of all time. Uh, not only in WrestleMania history, but just wrestling history in general. And you kind of wonder if they hadn't taken the belt off of Eddie in June, how much good, you know, how much better could he possibly have been? We'll never know. But he did have the one run, and it was a good run. And I don't think anyone in 2001, when he got fired, would have ever said, oh, he'll be back in the company, and within two years of him coming back to the company... He will be their world champion. I don't think anyone would have ever guessed that in a million years. I really don't. Really, really don't. And my final pick, and I think this is kind of the easiest one, Mick Foley. It's Mick Foley. One of the nicest guys ever. 
one of the, you know, good, real good guys of pro wrestling. He's this deathmatch wrestler, this bonkers character, has gone all over the world, goes to WWF, starts out as Mankind, and he's gotten title shots, that's the thing. But then, you know, it's like, this is a time... The, the 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 time that he's in from 96 towards the end of 98 you got Bret Hart, Shawn Michaels, Undertaker. Those are the three. Like those are the top guys. And then you know it's like well Sid had the title for a little bit and then Brett had it, and then you had Montreal, and then Stone Cold wins it, and The Rock wins the title, and it's like, oh man, Mick is never going to win this. You know, it's like, Mick's never going to win the title. And then you get to that famous Raw that, again, was taped. I know it's been said like a thousand times, um, but it's true. He wins the title... The crowd goes absolutely nuts. And they beat Raw. They beat Raw, or they beat Nitro that night in the ratings. All because Eric Bischoff was like, hey, spoil the ending of Raw. Tell him Mick's going to win the title. And, you know, it's like, if I had to compare it to anything, it would be like... If Charlie Brown had hit the game-winning home run in a baseball game, and you're like, yes, he finally did it. He finally did it. That's the belief, or the feeling, that a lot of people had when Mick Foley won the title. In the end of 1998 and then, you know, going into 1999. And it's like, if he could do it, I can do it. And if you look at some of the other guys since Mick, you know, a a Brian Danielson, a John Moxley, an Eddie Guerrero, you know, guys who were put down and were like, you can't do it. They did it. They did it. And he did it. Mick Foley did it. And to me, he is the ultimate. Right there. Just unbelievable. Unbelievable. Unbelievable story. Unbelievable run. It was one of those magical times that you can't really ever recreate. Well, that's going to do it for the show for this week. But before I go, going to go into our quick plugs. If you guys have any questions or comments, send an email, wrestlingman at that wrestling show.com. Follow the show on Twitter at wrestling show 11. Follow us on 
Instagram, That Wrestling Show. And check out our Facebook group, That Wrestling Show fan group, where you can join over 500 other people. We have over 500 people in our group to talk about past and present pro wrestling. So, going to go into the plugs of podcasts that you guys should check out and friends of our podcast. Starting with our Vantage Point, the Retro Wrestling Podcast with Joe Morata and Michael Quinn. This week in their True or False segment, is Piper's Pit the best wrestling talk show of all time? That is the true and false statement this week. Plus, they review championship wrestling from February 16th, 1985. That is this week on our Vantage Point. Check out GFA Live with Peter Winston, Peter Winston and Don Keithy as they continue on into the summer of 1992 as they watch another episode of WWF Superstars from August 15th, 1992. Check out Juice Pro Wrestling, where this week Juice and Bodie are just shooting their stuff, talking about different things, including has CM Punk overstayed his welcome in AEW? Does the women's division in AEW lack a definitive fan favorite? And much more. That is this week on Juice Pro Wrestling. And check out the Memphis Continental Wrestling cast with Luke Jennings. It is the number one UK Memphis-related wrestling podcast in all of England. Check him out. I, I've heard through the grapevine that Luke Jennings' podcast is so popular in England that he got an invitation to go to Queen Elizabeth's funeral. I can't confirm or deny that report, but I have heard rumors that he did get an invite. But anyway, check him out. The Memphis Continental Wrestling Cast. For non-wrestling-related podcasts, check out Dave and Ethan's 2,000-inch Weird Al podcast, where Dave and Ethan are on the road. They have been reviewing Weird Al concerts on his current tour. They have two reviews up from July 23rd and 24th from Weird Al's shows in Minneapolis, Minnesota. That is this week on Dave and Ethan's 2,000-inch Weird Al podcast. Also, check out the Three Stooges throwback with former guest Gabe Russo as he watches each and every Three Stooges short. This week, he watches and discusses How High Is Up, the 48th Three Stooges short. That is this week on the Three Stooges throwback. Check out Escape from Vault Disney as they're getting real close to their 100th episode. Plus, check out the episode on Star Wars Episode 3, Revenge of the Sith. Check that out, Escape from Vault Disney. Also, check out Shark's Pond, a South Park podcast where I watch, discuss, and review each and every South Park episode. This week, I review the Season 16 episode, Insecurity. That is this week on Shark's Pond, a South Park podcast. And finally, check out Bill Learns Kingdom Hearts with Jim and myself each and every Sunday. We're getting close to the end of Season 3 of Bill Learns Kingdom Hearts as we are going through Kingdom Hearts 2. And also check out on Wednesdays, Jim Boy Star gives his reactions, his thoughts to Kingdom Hearts Dark Road. He told me 
I cannot listen to the audio. It will spoil stuff for me. But I'll plug uh, the specials for him anyway. So check it out on Bill Learns Kingdom Hearts. Well, hope everybody has a good, safe weekend. Have fun uh, doing whatever it is you're going to do. Be safe. And when you're done, come back here for another episode of That Wrestling Show, the podcast where all pro wrestling matters. And as always, wrestle on.